Hello there, and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent, and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashams in Johannesburg, South Africa, and by Adrian Barnard in the UK. And on this week's show, we talk about the FIFA Football Awards, as there were many debatable outcomes there. We're down to the last four in the CAF Champions League with Primero Diagosto of Angola, the surprise team there. Plus, we talk about football in India and hear from a Zimbabwean who's playing there. The competition is high because uh, they're bringing uh, European players and some other African players and they're bringing in uh, good quality coaches from Europe. But is India a good destination for an African player? Also, our thoughts on this weekend's big game in England as Chelsea play Liverpool and Gabon's Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang making an impact at Arsenal. That's coming up later, but let's start with the Best FIFA Football Awards, where Luka Modric was named the world's best male player on Monday. The Real Madrid midfielder beat former teammate Cristiano Ronaldo. We'll get Adrian's assessment of this shortly, but uh, Solomon, I was surprised that Mohamed Salah of Egypt didn't make it into the team of the year, where Ronaldo was one of the three strikers, along with Lionel Messi and Kylian Mbappe. So Salah was on the three-man shortlist for the best player, but not among the 11 in the team of the year. I'm surprised, and a lot of football fans are equally surprised that he wasn't able to make it into the final 11. He did make it into uh, the second 11, uh, but was he good enough? His performance, having won the Puskas Award and having been nominated and made the final uh, three-man shortlist, you would think he would definitely be in the uh, first 11. But he was displaced by you know players who never made the final three shortlist. Uh, Eden Hazard from Belgium and Chelsea uh, was in there. Um, Kylian Mbappe uh, from France and PSG also in there. Did they have a better season or was that solely on their performance at the World Cup where they got to the semi-finals and also finals respectively? But I feel with what uh, Salah achieved, uh, not just for Liverpool, taking them through to the final of the European Champions League, I feel he deserved uh, that accolade. I feel he deserved to be in the final 11. And also you look at how much he performed for Egypt before the World Cup, having helped them qualify with crucial goals. Well, it's very puzzling. Uh, by the way, in 2016, the FIFA Ballon d'Or became two separate awards as FIFA pulled out of the partnership to run their own awards. Uh, so the Ballon d'Or award will be handed out later this year. So Stuart is still away this week. Uh, Adrian Barnard comes off the bench for Stuart. Uh, so, Adrian, there are always differences of opinion when we have these awards. Would you say that Modric was a worthy winner? Well, Steve, as you say, everyone's got their own opinion. So let's just have a look at how the selection process works. There were several very good contenders alongside Modric, such as Ronaldo and Mo Salah. So how to choose between them? Well, the winner was decided by a four-way vote. First, football fans could make their own votes online. And this contributed 25% of the total result. Now, the remaining 75% was split evenly between the national coaches of the FIFA member associations, 
the national team captains and a select group of football journalists from those countries. Now, those voting could select any player they wanted to, and uh, when the votes were all counted, Modric received 29% of the vote. Ronaldo came next with 19% and Mo Salah had 11%. So on this ballot, Modric was by far and away the top choice from the combined votes of the fans, the national coaches and the captains and journalists. Now we can also see which coaches, captains and journalists voted for whom. So for example, Nigeria's coach, Gernot Ruhr, cast his three votes in this order in favour of Modric, Kylian Mbappe and Edin Hazard, while Gambia's captain, Paul Modujan, voted for Real Madrid defender Rafael Varane, followed by Mo Salah and then Modric. So I think the voting split seems very fair to include four different stakeholders, and the margin of the result, with Modric getting 10% more of the vote than anyone else, speaks for itself that indeed Modric is a worthy winner. Well, thanks for the insight there, Adrian. And it's a new era, isn't it? As for 10 years, it was either Messi or Ronaldo winning the top award. So it's something new now with Modric taking it. Well, uh, yes, it certainly is, Steve. Now, as you say, the top award for the best male player has been won by either Cristiano Ronaldo or Lionel Messi every year since 2008, with each player winning it five times. Now, the actual name of the award has changed over this time. Up to 2009, it was the FIFA World Player of the Year. Then in 2010, it became the FIFA Ballon d'Or for six years, before being renamed the Best FIFA Men's Player in 2016. Now, Modric is the first Croatian to win the top honour. The only African to win was the Liberian striker and now the current national president, George Weah, in 1992. The only other African to feature in the top three was Samuel Eto'o, and he came third in 2005. Now, interestingly, only two goalkeepers have ever finished in the top three, and both of them were Germans. Oliver Kahn finished second behind Brazil's Ronaldo in 2002, and more recently, Manuel Neuer came third behind Portugal's Ronaldo and Lionel Messi in 2014. So Africans not having much of an impact overall in these awards. And while Mohamed Salah came third in the Best Player Award, he did win something that was the Puskas Award for the best goal for his superb goal against Everton in the English Premier League at Anfield last December. But uh, I thought that it might have gone to Ronaldo or to Gareth Bale for their fabulous bicycle kicks. Yes, Steve, but how can anyone choose between three great goals? Well, the FIFA Puskas Award is named after the legendary Hungarian striker Ferenc Puskas, who scored 156 goals in 180 appearances for Real Madrid in the late 1950s and early 60s. And like the Best FIFA Men's Player Award, it's decided by a vote. But this time, coaches, players and journalists are not involved. It's purely down to a vote by the fans. Now, this year, voting opened online on the 3rd of September and ended during the live TV screening of the awards from London. Now, this is what I particularly love about this award. It's given by the fans and no one else. So Mo Salah will be extremely pleased to have secured the public's decision for his wonder goal in last year's local derby against rivals Everton. His effort attracted 38% of the vote among the 10 contenders.
Well, that's great. Uh, Salah clearly popular. Uh, but on Twitter, his Liverpool teammate James Milner posted, Congrats, Mo, on your seventh best goal from last season, winning the goal of the year. Uh, the point there from Milner being that it wasn't even the best goal, most likely, uh, that Mohamed Salah scored. Uh, thanks, Adrian. So the Ballon d'Or award is still to come later this year. We'll see if Luka Modric will win that one too. Well, on social media, we're asking, which goal do you think deserved to be the goal of the year? Uh, there were 10 goals shortlisted, as well as Salah's goal that did take the award. Those bicycle kicks from Ronaldo and Gareth Bale. Benjamin Pavard's stunner for France at the World Cup, plus the beauty from Portugal's Ricardo Caresma. So which one do you think was the best, which should have been awarded as the goal of the year? You can go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Of those ten goals on the shortlist, which do you think was the best? We're next here on Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport, the CAF Champions League. And we're down to the last four now, and there's one surprise name there. That's Primero Diagosto of Angola. They produced a shock in the quarterfinals as they knocked out five-time winners T.P. Mazembe of DR Congo on away goals. Defending champions Widad Casablanca of Morocco also went out, losing 1-0 on aggregate to Entente Setif of Algeria. Al-Akhli of Egypt beat Guinea's Horoya 4-0. Esperance beat Etoile du Sahel in an all-Tunisian tie. Uh, so, Solomon, great to see Primero Augusto in the semis for the first time. Yeah, it's so, it's so great to see. They've appeared 11 times in the CAF Champions League uh, and uh, they never really made it into the quarterfinal. They always lost in the first round, lost in the second round. And if you look at Angola in itself, you know, Angolans love their football and I feel it's great for football fans. Angola has really been investing in, in football. Uh, businesses have been investing in football. You know, fans go to the stadium to watch. There's quite a lot of other Africans, Nigerians, Ghanaians, Congolese, uh, you know, playing in the, in the Angolan league, uh, which definitely will improve the league. And, and I feel, uh, you know, a team from Angola deserves to to perform this way. And congratulations to uh, Primero de Augusta of Angola. I feel they, they deserve it. And into the last four may not be enough for them. So we must watch out for them. Well, great for football to see Primero Diagosto making it into the last four of the Champions League. Semi-final first legs are this coming Tuesday. Augusto will host Esperance of Tunisia. and Athlete of Egypt play Entente Setif of Algeria. Well, let's talk women's football next because the host South Africa beat guest nation Cameroon 2-1 in the final of the Southern African Kasafa Women's Championship last weekend. Refilo Jane scored both goals for Banyana Banyana as they retained the title and made it five wins in the six editions of the tournament. This was a very strong competition. Another guest nation, Uganda, beat Zambia for third place and Zimbabwe didn't even get out of the group stage into the semi-finals. And South Africa were really challenged this time. Kasafa uh, Women's Cup definitely you know, brought out so much. You know, pushed South African team Banyana Banyana to, to the edge and they had to dig deep and perform. And, and it, it wasn't a shock that 
at the end of the final, it was the South Africa's uh, goalkeeper that was the man of the match. And I feel it's a good test for not just uh, South Africa, but also South African team to be able to play against a West African team that is equally strong. But at the same time, it, it was very good for them to be able to practice that using this tournament as a way for them to be able to get ready uh, for what is coming uh, in the Women's uh, Nations Cup. Yes, and the goal for South Africa there is to finish in the top three at the Women's Nations Cup to qualify for the Women's World Cup for the first time in their history. Well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And you can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programmes in our archive. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. You can also listen to the show on our new look website, planetsport.tv. We have our other shows there, that's Planet Sport and the Planet Sport Rugby podcast. Plus, you can read interviews with various sports stars, including Zambia's Pats and Daka, plus Brazil's Kaká. And you can also take a look at the About Us section where there's information and pictures of all of the Planet Sport Football Africa team. So that's our new look website, planetsport.tv. Well, now to football in India. You may well associate India with cricket rather than football, as cricket is the national sport in this country of 1.3 billion people, almost as many people as China. Football is growing in popularity in India and the current top domestic league, the I-League, was formed in 2007 and in 2013 the Indian Super League was formed with eight teams. There are also divisions in provinces and in cities around the country. Now, India are currently ranked 96 in the world rankings, maybe a bit higher than you might have guessed. And you might remember that India hosted the 2017 FIFA Under-17 World Cup a year ago, the first time the country has hosted a FIFA event. And the tournament turned out to be the most successful FIFA Under-17 World Cup ever, with massive attendances. Now, a few African players have gone to India. One of them is Zimbabwe's Victor Kamuka, a very tall and strong defender who recently joined Pata Chakra United, a team that plays in the Calcutta Premier League Division A. And Kamuka told us a bit about playing in India. Playing in India, it's very competitive and uh, a... Currently, I'm the only Zimbabwean playing in India. The competition is high because uh, they're bringing uh, European players and some other African players, and they're bringing in uh, good quality coaches from Europe. And he also told us about the popularity of the game. Only India is well known about cricket, but even in football. Football is growing very fast, and uh, they've got so many teams, and the league is very competitive, and the kind of coaches most of them they are European coaches and that is helping their football and they're crazy about football. So that's Zimbabwe's Victor Kamuka. Interesting that Solomon it looks like football is taking off in India. You know, I remember I used to follow the Indian uh, Football League because of a couple of Nigerians in the late 80s when I was a, a young boy. And there was a guy called Chimao Kori and there was another one called Emeka Ziogo. They used to play uh, in India and they did quite well and even got invitation to play in the Super Eagles team in Nigeria. I remember that clearly. Uh, but for me, I feel... A nation that is uh, cricket crazy, everyone loves cricket and hockey, but now we're beginning to see football uh, taking off uh, and 
is definitely something that uh, India is going to build on because there's so much investment going into it. And at the same time, there are certain cities around India that are very uh, pro-football, you know. And so you go to certain cities, you know, they they love football more than they love other sports, which is a good thing. And uh, now it's attracting players from from all across the world. Uh, We've seen a lot of British players who are retired or about to retire going to India to play in the Indian uh, Premier League. Uh, We've seen even younger players going in there from Africa, from Nigeria to go in there and play. Uh, I I definitely feel it's a good thing and it's taking off. It's just development right now, So, but at the same time, it's good to be a part of it. Yes, uh, and you have to ask uh, whether this is a good destination for an African player. In particular, will it help their game to improve? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't really feel that playing in India for any uh, African footballer would improve their game that much. But it will just keep them active, and at the same time, you know, they have families to feed. So it would really maybe pay them a little bit better than uh, their country where they come from, where they're playing before they get opportunities to to jump to Europe. It's always going to be about Europe. Uh, but this is definitely something that uh, for them is. Uh, is some sort of a, a bridge to their dream. Uh, India has not had the, the skill, the tactical awareness, the talent that Africa does have. Uh, and currently the Indian Football League is in a stage of development. So it hasn't really arrived. Unlike countries maybe like China, you could say China is is almost there because they've been building for a long time. They've been investing for a long time. But I don't see that really improving an African footballer that much. But they do definitely help improve the league in India and also improve, uh, you know, the local Indian players. And they would be the ones that would benefit from it more than anything. Well, thanks, Solomon. And certainly players have to do their best to earn a living. Well, next here on Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport, we turn to social media. And last week, the group stage of the UEFA Champions League got underway with an exciting start. Real Madrid are chasing a fourth successive title, but with talisman Cristiano Ronaldo having left to join Italian giants Juventus, it looks like being a wide-open competition this season. So we asked, who do you think will win? Uh, to Facebook first, and Cheni Dos Dani in Kenya says, we have six horses in this race, Manchester Manchester City, Barcelona, Juventus, Paris Saint-Germain and Real Madrid, who are, of course, the defending champions. But don't forget Liverpool too, says Cheney. In Malawi, Ashavin Dixon at Pakamwa says, I go for Barcelona because in this team most of their players are more skillful than in other teams. But uh, Bakari Tamba in the Gambia and Praise Ibe Oliwe in Nigeria both go for Manchester United. On WhatsApp, Mustafa Jatta in the Gambia says, I can't predict a winner until the round of 16, but for me there are five teams to watch. That's Bayern Munich, Liverpool, Barcelona, PSG and Juventus. Alpha Jallo in the Gambia goes for the reigning champions Real Madrid, saying I tip them to win it for the fourth consecutive year, considering their good start and their ability to play this tournament very well. But Alpha says, let's not forget the likes of Barcelona, Liverpool and Juventus, who have very good sides. 
Buba Camara, also in the Gambia, says Real Madrid will continue to win it because they have more experience of taking this competition than any other side. That view is held too by Hassan Haidara in the Gambia. I think Real Madrid will win it again, says Hassan. They still have a strong squad and their experience on the European stage will help them a lot. Most importantly, their players want to prove themselves to win without Ronaldo and their influential former coach Zinedine Zidane. Well, Los Blancos have now won the Champions League for four years out of the last five, with Barcelona taking the other one, and Barca get a lot of support for this year's crown. Albert Kadzombe and Efrathar Kamanga in Malawi go for Barca. So does Joachim Mudanga in Uganda, saying Barca look likely to win it in my view. Gemo, who's a Cameroonian living in the USA, agrees, saying Barca look really focused. Everyone seems to be in good form. Plus, they have players on the bench that can come in and have a huge impact. If everyone can stay healthy, I think they'll be the Champions League winners, says Gemo. We always welcome your voice notes on WhatsApp. And from the Gambia, here's Ebrima Kante. You can tip four, five, six teams to win this year's competition which makes it fascinating i'm going for liverpool barcelona juventus yeah these three teams i'm going for them and paris because i believe these are the four that are outstanding at the moment juventus because cristiano ronaldo is there anything they can do right now this year and especially the experience they have in the champions league Liverpool, they are a well, well, well organized team. And Paris, there's the, the trophy they are yearning for every year. And I believe this year they have a very good coach, which will make them to win this, this to be contenders of this team. Thanks there to Abrima Kante for that short list of four. Meanwhile, Idrissa Dumbuya in the Gambia thinks an English team can win it this year. I'll be backing Liverpool, says Idrissa, for they've got what it takes to beat any team, given the qualities that they brought in to strengthen their squad. Liverpool will surely be the team to beat, says Idrissa. John in Ghana agrees, saying, I can see Liverpool or Man City winning. One of these two will take it. Even though Manchester City didn't have a good start with the Champions League, losing at home to Lyon, I see them bouncing back. This time the cup is coming to the Queen's land, says John. Abdullah Kebe in the Gambia sees the crown heading to Anfield, saying Liverpool will win it because they have the best forwards. And Musa Suso, also in the Gambia, also sees the title heading to England, but not to Liverpool. I believe Manchester United will win the Champions League, says Musa, because they have the right team to win. Ebrima Jawara thinks the title could be heading to Italy. It'll be Liverpool or Juventus, because they play the better football, but Juventus has a proven winner in Ronaldo, says Ebrima. And Carafo Camara in the Gambia agrees, saying, I think Juventus will win the title because the world's top star is present in their team. And finally, Lamine Sonko, also in the Gambia, says, Thanks for the question. I'll bet my money on Real Madrid this time around again for a fourth title in a row. The reason being that their start in the Champions League against Roma was near perfect, but notwithstanding that, they'll face stiff competition from the likes of Liverpool, who are at their best as we speak, along with Barcelona, Bayern, Juventus and Man City, to name a few. These will all be serious contenders, says Lamine. Thanks so much for all of those views. Uh, So, Adrian, we've narrowed it down to about six teams or so. Well, Steve, possibly, but I think it's going to be such a close competition this year that uh, there could be 
perhaps as many as 10 teams in with a chance. Now, I tend to agree with Cheney Dos Dani in Kenya, who's looking at a winner from one of Manchester City, Barcelona, PSG, Juventus, Real Madrid and Liverpool. Now, there's certainly something to be said for consistency and continuity as well. So I agree with Hassan Hadara, who commented on Real Madrid's strong squad and experience, having won the Champions League for the past three seasons. But it would be a brave person to bet against Barcelona too. They were disappointing last season, but Gemo made a good point when he said that this year they look really focused and all their players seem to be in good form. Top of La Liga with four wins and a draw out of five and looking like they're back to their best. That's how Barcelona appear to me at the moment. I think uh, Manchester United might surprise a few people and make a significant headway this year. But uh, unlike Bakary Tamba or praise Aiba Oliwe, I don't see them winning it. Maybe the quarterfinals or the semifinals at best. But uh, as we've said, it's such an open competition this year. And we haven't even mentioned Atletico Madrid, Roma or Inter Milan. All I'm saying is that it's a brave person who can accurately predict the winner at this early stage. Indeed. Right then, Adrian, let's talk English Premier League. The standout fixture is Chelsea against Liverpool on Saturday. Liverpool, the only team now with a 100% record. Well, a lot of people are talking about Liverpool taking the Premier League title this year. And I think that their next two games, even at this early stage, are going to define their season. On Saturday, they visit Chelsea and on Sunday week, they host the current champions, Manchester City. If they win both, they'll have set down a marker for other teams to chase. And based on the season so far, I actually think they will win both of those games. Last week, it was all too easy for them with Cameroon's Joel Matip and Mo Salah, who else, on the score sheet in their 3-0 win over Southampton. Now, that's 14 goals for Liverpool this season, but significantly only two against in their first six league games. And as their defence was such a concern last season, that's showing a big improvement already. Well, other picks of this weekend's fixtures include sixth-placed Arsenal at home to high-flying Watford, who are currently in fourth. Manchester United have a tricky away fixture at West Ham, who of course stopped Chelsea's winning run last weekend. But champions Man City shouldn't have any problems at all at home to Brighton. Now incidentally, Brighton's Cameroonian defender Gaetan Bong, he's had a great start to the season and he's going to be a key factor for Cameroon next year if the indomitable Lions are going to retain their Cup of Nations title. Yes, Bong playing well at left-back for Brighton. And Gabon's Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang was on target for Arsenal as they beat Everton 2-0. It was a goal that should have been disallowed for offside, but nonetheless, a bright start to the season for Aubameyang. Now, when Aubameyang joined Arsenal in January, it's fair to say that many Gunners fans, Steve, remained unconvinced, despite the Gabonese's impressive record at Borussia Dortmund. But over the months since then, the 29-year-old has earned their respect and growing admiration. Last season, he scored 10 times in 13 EPL appearances, which is almost most Salah territory. And this season, he scored against Cardiff and Everton last weekend, and twice in Arsenal's opening Europa League game against FC Vauxhall Poltava. Arsenal's main problem in recent years has been the lack of a consistent goalscorer, ideally someone in the mould of the Frenchman Thierry Henry, who scored 175 times for the Gunners in just over 250 appearances in the early noughties. 
Well, Aubameyang hasn't reached those heights yet for Arsenal, but he has made a bright start. He's scoring goals and he's creating assists. And I think he actually holds the key as to whether Arsenal can achieve that elusive fourth spot finish. If he can continue the way he started, well that might well be enough to return Champions League football to the Emirates next season. So a big role for Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang at Arsenal this season. And good to see Algeria's Riyad Mahrez scoring twice for Manchester City. His first goals for the club, although he was again used as a substitute. Yes, and that was a concern, wasn't it, when he joined City from Leicester in July? Would he get the game time to show off his skills? Well, Pep Guardiola has shown that even being a former PFA Players Player of the Year doesn't give anyone an automatic right to a starting place. But Mares seems happy to bide his time among City's large and very gifted squad. Now, one of the reasons that Mares said he wanted to join City was to win the Champions League. And with City among the favourites this year, he may yet get his wish. Last weekend, he seemed happy to come off the bench and score two late goals against what was frankly a tiring Cardiff City side. But there's no doubt we'll see more of his skills as a starter and coming off the bench in both the league and the Champions League later this season. Yes, absolutely. Well, thanks very much, Adrian. That's it for the show for this week. But on Facebook and on WhatsApp, we're asking which goal deserved to be the goal of the year at the Best FIFA Football Awards. Mohamed Salah won that particular award for his goal against Everton last December. But was this the best of the 10 goals on the shortlist? Uh, Also in there, Ronaldo and Gareth Bale's fabulous bicycle kicks, among others. So tell us which one you think was the best goal. Go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. From me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Solomon Ashams in South Africa, and from Adrian Barnard in the UK. Thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production. <laughs>